Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour, and it's a free call at 888-825-5225. If you've got a question, a conundrum, maybe you just need us to settle the score between spouses or family, we're happy to do whatever you want on this show. And Hannah's going to kick us off in Akron, Ohio this hour. Hannah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. What's going on? So I am 22. Uh, My boyfriend's 23. And my question is, all of our debt will be paid off by April of 2025. That's credit card, two vehicles, and um, yeah, credit card and two vehicles. All you have left will be our new mortgage we just acquired last year. But our problem is our house is sitting on land that's not in our name. So should I stay on our plan to pay everything off now in 2025 or keep that extra money, start piling into a savings to put a down payment on the property by this next year? So you're looking to buy the land? Yes. How did that not happen with the sale of the house or when you guys bought the house? What was the 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 original deal was that me and my boyfriend were looking for a house. We couldn't get approved for a house by itself. So we bought a modular home and my grandma said, oh, you can put it on my property. Um, and then you guys can eventually, when you can, buy the property and keep it in the family name. Okay, cool. So we did that. Um, and she has just been letting us have it here. So it's not just some smojo that we have it on. It is family. Sure. Um, however, she needs to get out of her debt that she has on the property. So ideally, we don't want to cut her short on buying the property just to pay off what she has but we also want to give her a fair price for it. So we've been here for about a year. We can financially, I think, buy it by end of next year, but I don't know if I should stockpile all my extra I'm putting into paying off my credit card and our two vehicles or put it towards a down payment. Okay. Um, Can we go like a little high-level conversation here, Hannah, for a second? Yeah. Um, Okay, so when you are talking about your finances with your boyfriend, you're using a lot of like we statements, we're doing this, our debt, all of it. So just doing this for as long as we have, um, when you are not legally married, mm-hmm. there is not an ours, we conversation. It's a Hannah's conversation. And what's your boyfriend's name? Joey. Joey? Yes. And Joey's money, right? So like... Like these, there's going to be two separate lanes here. And I know that's going to be difficult for you to kind of untangle in your head because it has been so unified. But what ends up happening is, is that you combine emotionally acting like you're married, combining accounts, uh, paying on each other's debt, all of it without any legal representation and no legal documents here that if something happens, I'll say if, um, that it's a complete mess and our job is to be there for the people when it's a complete mess. So those are a lot of the calls and some of the, the the stories that we hear on that side. So what I have learned is as separate as you can live, that could be financially, physically, all the things like as separate as you can live until you're married, it is, it is a cleaner break. There, there, there is something about it that, that it just makes it cleaner on an emotional and financial side. So I'm going to ask you, Hannah, how much do you bring in with your job? What do you make? 50,000. You make 50,000. Okay. How, how much, how cards do you, do you have any, do, are any of your credit cards 
have his name attached to them at all, or are they just are their credit cards with just Hannah's name? Just the credit card that's in my name. He has his own that his he pays. Perfect. So what's how much? I, how much do you have in your on your in your credit card? How much debt do you have on your credit card? Twenty four hundred. Twenty four hundred. Okay, perfect. And then you have a car. Is it just under your name? One of the cars. Yes. Okay. And how much do you owe on that one? Five thousand. Five thousand. Perfect. Okay. And what does Joey make a year? Eighty thousand. Eighty thousand. Perfect. And what does um uh, for his credit cards? How much does he owe? Only like a thousand. A thousand. Perfect. And what about his car? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Truck. 29,000. Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. Okay, so what I would do, Hannah, is I would be working to pay your, using your 50K to be paying off your credit card, you paying off your car, and he's working his plan. You can do it at the same time, but I would not be mixing numbers, and you guys have your own plan. Now, the mortgage, is mm-hmm. it in both your names? It is. We okay. have to do it that way to get approved. Yes, because you guys can't, you couldn't afford it otherwise. So, mm-hmm. right. Um, okay, so that's done. So my next piece of advice then would be to, if you decide on your own, Hannah, to put to to buy this property, which I don't think you can afford right now with on your grandmother's property, I I, I don't I don't see that happening soon. And if I were Joey, I would not be tying my name into land deeds and loans and all of it with a family loan that on a family property that I'm not, I'm not legally bound to. Like he's the one and honestly, Hannah, he'd be the one that gets screwed in this whole situation if you guys break up. Um, so my next thing would be, are y'all, I hope get, not are y'all, it's been eight years. Are y'all, do what? I said, I hope not it's been eight years. Yeah, Hannah and y'all are 22 and 23. The only reason we're not married is because we don't have the funds to do that. Uh, there Whoa, is Hannah. 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 Eh, wrong answer. You're telling we me you had the funds to get a mortgage, but not to get go married? Go to Walmart and buy a silver, <laughs> a silver bands. Go on Amazon. I could go right now on Amazon and get you guys two rings for $9.99. You go to the cross and get married. Go get married. Do it. I've said that, but it's not good enough. It's not special enough. Joey. For him or for you? <laughs> for him. He's making excuses. Well, you guys Anna. are acting like you're married anyways. So what is it? What is what does a certificate do? It didn't change it that much. So he much. wants to become a real estate mogul with you, but not put a ring on it. He's making <laughs> excuses. He's, he's heard it from both sides. My okay. dad and Hannah. Okay, let me so just tell you this. I w- okay. You and, should be glad Rachel's on this call because I am. My blood go, is boiling. George, this. you well, can add in. I just your keep- life is like a common core math problem. It's so messed up. It hurts my brain. You guys got yourself into a mess, and you're digging a hole deeper. By getting entrenched in grandma's financial situation, taking on land debt on top of a mortgage that's in both of your names, but you're not married to help grandma out, right? Yeah. Did you hear how crazy that sentence was? I know, and I know it was a crazy situation. How about this? How about we back out of this land deal because we can't afford it and we're 22 trying to figure out our life? I think we get out of this modular home. Number one, that modular home is going down in value. It's not a great investment anyways. So I would get out of that thing as soon as you could. Good luck finding another renter for it, right? Yeah, that was kind of from the beginning of why it even happened. But We have to think about the future when we make decisions today. 
And I really pray that we can resolve this, that you guys can get out of this mess, that you get married, that you step foot, uh, get on the right foot with this thing. But right now, There's I'm no not land continuing deal with this deal. No, you can't. You can't afford it, Hannah. You can't afford it. And it's not your responsibility either in this. So I would find, yeah, separate those finances. You guys work your plan. Tell Joey to go on Amazon. I can send them a link. And I'll send them a link. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her social security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. We're co-hosting The Ramsey Show today, but we also co-host Smart Money Happy Hour, which you can find on YouTube, podcasts, Spotify, Ramsey Network app, wherever you like to listen. And uh, if you want a little easier listening, you want that show you can share with a friend who doesn't really get Ramsey, know Ramsey, that's a perfect little uh, appetizer, if you it will, is. for the Ramsey universe. You know what's another little great appetizer? What's that? Um, I have a kid's book called I'm Glad for What <gasps> yes. I Have. And it's pre-order right now. So if you have friends that you're like, oh, it would be great to like teach you know about content it's about contentments and it has little animals it rhymes it's very short and it's you're beautifully welcome, illustrated it's beautifully illustrated so if you have a friend that's gonna have a baby or you're going to a baby shower uh, or maybe like a birthday party you can like put that in the kid's gift and then the parents will be like this is a great message we should talk about money more and then you can introduce them that's what we're trying to do here just secretly get you to talk <laughs> about money and influence your kids and your adults in your life and the people that you love so yeah, That's go to RamseySolutions.com uh, and in the store you can pre-order. I'm glad for what I have. I can't wait to read it to my little it, look at the look at the pictures old. in that YouTube people. You get to see a little oh, bit. It's not just beautiful. It really is. I can't wait to read it so to me. Sweet. At what age can kids understand you reading to them? Oh, you know, not like fully understand, but what age you start reading to your kids? I don't know. James has kids too. Six months, a year. Two? What age do you start reading to them? No, yeah. do they start understanding? Like two-ish, probably. At what point Maybe is it not pointless? Months, By the time you start to realize that they understand it's too late, so just start early. Just <laughs> Get them it early. It is true. That is probably true. Well, James Maybe. has like Einstein babies. They're like prodigy level, just perfect children. So smart. <laughs> oh, love it. All right, let's get to the phones. Roman is in Jacksonville, Florida. Roman, welcome to the show. Hi, my name is Roman. Very nice to speak with y'all. Glad y'all are taking the time to do this. I'm a disabled combat veteran. I served in Afghanistan. That resulted in me being retired from the Army at the age of 22. Life spun upside down. Uh, 14 years later, I finally won my battle with the VA of getting compensation for uh, those issues that I accrued while deployed. And I find myself sitting in a unique situation. I'm on the baby steps, but it is a daycare facility with no adult supervision. Whoa. Here's the numbers. 
I make $7,180 a month. That's net tax-free because of the type of income that it is, compensation from the VA and other disability sources. That's $86,000 annually. Um, the out-of-whack baby step that I is most glaring is the house purchase. Life, as you can imagine, with my story, has thrown me a number of curveballs, but I was presented the opportunity to secure housing for myself. I have other debts, but I was able to buy my home from family for $38,000. I currently owe $8,000 more. I pay $2,500 a month. It'll be paid off February 2023. Awesome. That's a huge chunk. You mean 24, 24. months? Is that a few months? Yes, that's what I meant. 24. Awesome. I wrote the wrong year. Awesome. Now you're good. <laughs> yeah. um, outside of that debt, I owe about thirty k on a car, and I have $6,300 in credit card debt. If I follow your one through seven steps, which I've not, obviously paying off the house in this manner, you know, that would come later, but I, I had to do it. The house is valued at 268000 with the property. You got a great deal. Itself. Yeah. It's from enough. Yeah, it's within the yeah. family, but yeah. done the proper way. So I find myself burdened by that large payment each month, but that burden comes from poor management of my funds. So my question is, pretty much hearing that, knowing that I'm trying to pursue these steps, how do I, what do I do? What's your house payment right now? Just the actual payment itself without the extra? 2500 even. Oh, okay. You're not putting extra. That's just what it is. I'm buying it from my uncle who owns it free and clear, and I'm paying 2500 monthly. I have three more months, 3.2 more months. Got it. So this is like a handshake type deal. This is not your traditional... Loan. Correct. Okay. No mortgage, no interest, no nothing. Okay. And you guys agreed it's going to get paid by this time. Oh, yeah. I've got it. I've got it in contract with him. I, I was not doing anything else well financially, and I committed to myself. I will put down roots and have a stable, safe place for myself if that's the only bill I pay. Okay. If, I mean, it got to that point. So I stuck to it, never missed a payment, don't intend to. Where does the other, you know, four and a half, four and a half thousand dollars going? So right now, my seventy-one eighty is my income. My bill pay goes twenty-five hundred dollar to mortgage. I pay uh, eight twenty-five in alimony and child support. I have two fifty-three auto insurance, one fifty-four home insurance. You know, cell phone bill, car note, and then you know. What's yeah, the car? How much note? you owe on the car? I'm sorry. Uh, how you owe thirty thousand? How much is it worth? Uh, I could sell, if I sold it today, 18, so I'm 10 under. And what's the payment? 612 a month. Okay. Well, I think there's still a bunch of money left over. You may be better off in your weird situation that you find yourself in having to pay this mortgage back to your uncle is put extra on the mortgage, get rid of it as soon as possible to free up 2,500 bucks to then attack the car and the credit card. Which... Puts me right back on track with the baby steps. Yes. Yeah, without, but you're right. without you did baby steps. They're, they're out of order. Matching the house thing out, but then doing everything, one through the other numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, because if you, you can't really, you know, you, you got to keep making this mortgage payment. You could start attacking your consumer debt, and you still have this going on. But in your shoes, with this big old mortgage, freeing that 2500 up fast could work to get rid of your other debt faster. So either way, you're fine. If you want to do 2500 on that mortgage, any extra money you have left over, put towards your, start with your credit card, 
knock that out, then move on to the car no loan, finish that out. Right. Uh, you'd still right. be okay either way. I think if you did the math, it'd probably be, uh, it wouldn't be much difference. Got it. Awesome. Well, you're uh, right. It's a weird situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, the one comment I'd say, I know you are busy and other callers. I, I look for, you know, what do you, the investment question then becomes a thing when it does come time to invest with all of my income being tax free, what's the best place to park those funds when I have no other obligations? Uh, well, when you're looking at just retirement, I mean, I would do, I would open up a Roth does the military have any benefits in that regard? Not when not when they retire you. They okay. Buy. <laughs> yeah, up until then. Yeah, outs- um, outside of your traditional retirement plans, you've got the IRA. So I would open up a Roth IRA, max that out every year. That's going to put you, you know, sixty five hundred bucks. It'll go up every year, and you get catch up contributions after fifty. How old are you? Thirty seven. Okay, so you got plenty of time, which is great, and having yeah. no payments. At your age, I mean, you'll be debt-free shortly. And, and you're not working, right, Roman? This money is... Uh, correct. This this comes unless I commit a felony and go to federal prison. Let's okay. avoid that. <laughs> Let's avoid that. Well, Roman, yeah. thanks for your service and, and all so you've much. done. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. And the, the other places you could invest is outside of retirement in a brokerage account. Yeah. You know, you could invest in index funds over there. You, you could also get mutual. into real estate. If you want to get a, yeah. save up and get yourself a paid-for rental property or something like that. That's yeah. another great avenue to build wealth. Yeah. Winston and I, we opened up just a mutual fund, just a growth stock mutual fund and put some extra savings in there. It's not tax, you know, you don't get the tax benefit like a Roth, but um, but that's the place we just put some savings. And if we ever need it, we're able to, without penalty, you know, be able to get it, but we just let it sit in there and yeah. have the growth too. So yeah, that's a, that's a, a good options. factor there is you will have, you know, your taxes on the gains. Yes. So it's something to think about with short-term gains, long-term capital gains. But it's a great place to invest outside of retirement. There is a, yeah. It's nice having that bucket on top of retirement because you can't tap into the retirement piggy bank until 60. That's right. You'll so this is a great way to fees. save up for big purchases. You know, Dave does this. He gets a big royalty check from a book or something, and mm-hmm. he'll put it in index funds in a brokerage account, yep. and it just let it pile up until he wants to buy something. Yep, that's right. It's a good problem to have. Yes, that's great, Roman. But Thanks yeah, the, the traditional baby steps, for those wondering, he's like, I did this out of whack. We want you to be out of consumer debt first with a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months before you start saving up for a home purchase. So that is the correct order because we find people that get into homes before they should with a pile of debt on the other side leads to a more stressful life. Yep. You become house poor and that house becomes a burden instead of a blessing. And that's not the American dream. That becomes the American nightmare real quick. This is The Ramsey Show. You're listening to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour. Good news for those of you who love a survey. The Ramsey Show annual listener survey is now live. And this really is one of the most helpful things for our team. All the personalities we gather, we look at the data, what you guys are saying, and it actually affects the show. And so please let us know, what are your favorite parts of the show? What do you like? What do you not like? What do you want to hear more about? What kind of topics? Um, whatever it is, we want to hear from you. And there are two ways to participate in this. If you're a texter, you can text the word SURVEY, S-U-R-V-E-Y, to this number, 33789. SURVEY to 33789. Or you can go to RamseySolutions.com slash survey if you're more of a web browser type. 
Either way is fine. It'll get to us. And if you sign up today, you'll be entered to win a $500 gift card just for taking the survey and letting us know your thoughts. So go take that survey today. Survey to 33789, ramseysolutions.com slash survey. The number to call if you want to jump in is 888-825-5225. Julie has chosen to do so, and she's in Austin, Texas. Julie, what's going on? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? We're doing great. We're great. Glad you called, Julie. Rachel already likes you. I can tell. She's so nice. She likes your attitude. She's very nice. Do I? Oh, gosh. I said I can relate to you because you're a mom like me. Mm. Um, It's not fair. I can't be a mother. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Oh, they're amazing. I have... um, I have a primary question and then I have um, a few other questions as well. But my primary is I sell real estate and so I'm, I'm really good at making a bunch of money really fast and I'm not so great at keeping that consistent. So um, the last three or four years of my career, I've been living on gross commission income and not net. And so I'm in trouble with the IRS. Um, oh boy. And so I, I owe the IRS $150,000. Holy um, mackerel. On my home, and I'm wondering if I need to sell my home um, in order to take care of that. Um, this last summer, we had a series of unfortunate events in our family, which has never happened before, and that was multiple car accidents at different times, which depleted our savings account, our HSA and medical savings, and so we're really starting back at baseline for savings as well. Um, and so I feel very vulnerable <laughs> just yeah. even calling today yeah. and, and asking like, where do I even start? Um, so thankfully, um, our, our debt is relatively low. Um, and I have $60,000 coming in for income the next three weeks. Um, when these unfortunate events happened in our world, um, late July, early August, the the like nail in the wall for for us was my real estate income everything that was in escrow which was about five transactions like exploded they fell out of escrow for a variety of different reasons and i didn't have any income coming in um, until just now this month um so we were able to pay and cover all the bare minimums we cut our budget in half do all the half twos I mean, we got down to bare bones. Um, and, Who's and we, I'm really Julie? Proud of us for doing that. Um, my husband and I. Okay, what does he we make? Have three teenagers. Uh, he makes eighty-four. Okay. And I sell about ten million a year, which brings in gross about three hundred. Um, but again, it's not consistent. And I think that's. I would say I'm more comfortable saying eight million. So we're we talking anywhere between two and two and three hundred k, is fair. Correct. For the last okay. few years. Okay. Um, has the IRS been in contact with you? Like, are they, what are they saying? So, um, I don't know if this was legit or not, but I, I had a company help me get on a payment plan with the IRS and I, I can't locate them anymore. I paid them two or $3,000 oh, no, to get me on Julie. a payment plan. And, um, I, I'm just, I'm so embarrassed. I'm no, like, yeah. No, it's okay. I feel going, bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, well, when you're in a vulnerable state like that and you're desperate, you kind of just make decisions. And usually in hindsight, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, my desperation drove 
some of those unwise yeah. decisions, right? But when you're in that pinch, you're like, what's anything I can do to help the situation? So um, that, I understand how so, you, how that happens, but um, okay. So a little bit of debt that we have left, we've got 25,000 in credit card, partially uh, a lot of that was put on just so we could make it through these last few months. Um, car, we've one car loan at $6,000 and then student loan 15 and then that's it. Okay. Okay. Well, the great thing is, Julie, you guys make great money. Um, I would move this IRS debt to the front. I would I would stay current on the student loans and the car and the credit cards, but I would not be paying extra on anything. I would pay minimum payments on all of those. And I would put oh, okay. as much as I could towards this IRS debt. The IRS debt is always kind of the red flag debt when we hear people, um, because they can garnish wages. I mean, they're ins- it's insane, right? So like we want them out of your life as soon as possible. It gets a fast pass to the front of the line. It does get a fast pass okay. to the terrible ride of life I have to have a Disney analogy sometimes. for Rachel. Thanks, I appreciate that, George. To lighten the mood. Um, so the 60, <laughs> so what I would do, Julie, honestly, because you're amazing, like you're an incredible at what you do, obviously. The market isn't necessarily on your side right now. Like it's been probably in the last like three years. Um, so you're probably mm-hmm. feeling a little bit of that. But if I were you guys, your husband makes great money. I would just say, hey, let's just, You've already cut your lifestyle in half. What's the mm-hmm. bare bones we could live on? Because if you guys could find a way to live on 70, right? That frees up 14,000 of his income, all of your income. And together, you guys could get this debt out, you know, within, a, within I don't know, a, a year, 13 months. Um, if you guys really, mm-hmm. really, and if you hustle, Julie, if you were like, all right, I am, I'm laser focused. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if you guys called me and you were making 70 and that was it, then, then there's, there may be some really big conversations we'd have to have, but I, I don't know, George, you chime in, but yeah. I, I feel I'm, like, I'm going, they Julie, you're going to make 150 grand in six months potentially, right? Yeah. I really shifted, um, after everything stopped, I expanded the market that I was in and just, anything that was coming in and, and it's the fruit is here good yeah um, so that's the deal think so, about it this way in six months you could have this irs debt paid off but here's the key I know. that money from your real estate doesn't even touch your life it hits your bank account it goes right to the irs that's it that's what you want me to do yes like put that as primary and every single yes. cent you make from real estate right now go to the irs yeah. in six months the irs debt is paid if you make 150 gross right Mm-hmm. Now, we still have to worry about mm-hmm. taxes for the future income you're mm-hmm. making, but then mm-hmm. we can knock out your other debt. You've got, what, another 30, how much did you have total? 25, 6, and 15. So you got 46 mm-hmm. in consumer debt I would after do the that. car first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just knock mm-hmm. out smallest to largest balance from there. That's probably going to get knocked out three months later. Are you guys um, budgeting, Julie, at all, you and your husband? Oh, yes. Um, we have weekly budget meetings now. Okay. This is all new for us, like the last yeah. couple of months. Do that, you guys you know, do you guys um, use every dollar, our budgeting app? I do. I, I do because it's a daily going through our bank account. He's wired differently and likes the spreadsheet. Okay, okay. So, no, that's good. Um, um, I just want to make sure, yeah, that, um, that you guys have some kind of plan that you're doing because that's going to be helpful too. Um, and it's going to be uncomfortable, Julie. I mean, I know you already feel that with already cutting the lifestyle yeah. down, but um, but you're a high producer. I mean, you're you're amazing of killing and doing so well with your work. So income-wise, I'm not worried about you guys because you're bringing in great income. Yeah, a year from now, you are, yeah. you could be yeah. completely debt-free with an emergency so fund. So I think the thing is, Julie, it's, it's now up to Julie and your husband to like look at yourselves, and I'm sure you have, just to be like, okay, we're the problem. Like, we shouldn't be in this situation because we make – 
great money. And so making sure our taxes are done correctly is very important. And then making sure we live within our lifestyle. And when you do that, um, it changes the game. Like you guys will be able to actually enjoy your money that you've worked really hard for. And, you know, you, you shouldn't have to depend on credit cards to make ends meet anymore. You shouldn't have to, you know, take out a car loan for a car. Like No, no more living La Vida Loca. <laughs> it's over. I'm sorry. But here's what you do need to do. Go get in touch with a Ramsey trusted tax pro at RamseySolutions.com. They can help you navigate this. You don't need to get on a payment plan with some sketchy no, company. Don't do that again. Yeah. They'll help you navigate this, but it's time. And from now on, Quarterly estimated payments. That is how you avoid the IRS down your back and how you stay on top of this stuff for anyone out there who's on that kind of commission type job. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by my good friend Rachel Cruz. It's a free call at 888 825 Dale is up next in Birmingham, Alabama. Dale, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Um, I hope these are easy questions for you. Me too, man. Um, I can't take anything today. <laughs> Dale, be great. What's going on? Um, I am 57 years old. Um, my salary is 143, and I have the retirement bug. My wife will be 63 the end of this month, and she works part-time and makes between fifteen and 18000 We've met with a local... Uh, Social Security advisor, and he is a fiduciary, but he made some suggestions that I wanted to run by you guys. Okay. The first, the first, he thinks my wife should go ahead and apply for Social Security at 63 instead of waiting. He thinks that the Social Security plus her part-time salary will keep her out of that 50% penalty. What do you guys think about that? To have her take Social Security earlier at 63? Yes, at 63. What's she going to do with the money? Um, Save it. So invest it? Because you guys don't need it to live on. No, no, no. We're we're completely debt-free. The kids are grown and gone. Awesome. What's your total Um, nest egg? uh, Just a little over a million. Awesome. Good for you guys. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to use that amazing income you have to try to sock away as much as I can in these tax advantage retirement plans in the meantime. But my thoughts around Social Security, Rachel might have different thoughts, but mm-hmm. I like taking it early if you're going to invest it. Because investing it, even though it's a smaller pile of money you get every month, investing that will generally uh, cause you to be in a better financial position in the long run versus waiting and taking it later. And also, it'd be nice to know if you know we knew our, our death day. That would really help us crunch the numbers accurately, but we don't. <laughs> We don't know when the good Lord's going to take us, so that's part of the equation here. Well, part of me wants to know for planning, but part of me doesn't want to know. So, yeah, that's yeah, right, um, true. Exactly, that's true. that's true. So, yeah, I don't. I, it doesn't sound like they're giving crazy advice to go ahead and take Social Security at, at sixty-three. Yeah, if you're able to okay. kind of have that principled approach, though, because again, you know, if you take it early, you're getting that you're getting the smaller amount. And if you go just spend it, then it feels like, oh my gosh, it could have been. It could have been higher later, we, but yeah, but if we, you invest it, then you're actually going to end up making more and it's in your hands, which is great. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I'm with George on that one. Um, okay. My next question is with my salary, I max out my 401k with catch up contributions. Good. I max out my HSA 
I max out a Roth IRA. Good. And the the financial advisor is wanting me to start taking some of that out using the rule of 55 so that I don't pay the excise tax, but to start putting that into annuities and just go ahead and take the, ha- the tax hit now. But he's telling me that'll be better in the long run. When you run it out with the annuity. That part feels fishier to me. I'm not saying that they're giving you terrible advice, but I'm generally not a fan of annuities. What, what was his purpose in saying, hey, put this money here, take this money out, let's put an annuity to give you future income? What's the benefit there financially? He, he, he's pitching it as being better, uh, having a tax advantage, and he's also threatening minimum requirements distributions later on. Out of our nest egg, a little over 800000 of that is qualified money in a 401k. Okay. What kind of annuity was he talking about here? Because there's different types. I do not recall. There's fixed annuities, variable yeah. annuities, indexed annuities. I know it is not variable. Okay. Yeah, I would, my, I don't want to speak ill on this financial advisor because they might be a great person, but I always wonder why are they pushing me to this? What What's their end game? Do they get a commission by getting me in an annuity yeah. versus me pitching into my 401k? Yeah. That's something to think about. Yeah. Yeah, and the in the annuity, oh, and, I mean, it, I know. it is get, a vested interest. I'm, I'm sorry, I I know that he gets paid for annuity. He he told us the percentage. Okay, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with getting paid to put you into certain products, no. but I just wonder sure. is that a piece of the puzzle? Yeah, and honestly, Dale, I mean, like with annuities, I mean, it's great because there's basically like the per, you know you can predict there's that um, confidence factor of what I'm going to get out, but also you can miss so much of that growth putting it somewhere else too. So. Um, you guys are just yeah. in a really great position. And so, I mean, I'm not keen on, I mean, all the tax detail stuff, I would sit down probably with like a Ramsey Smart Tax. I, I would sit down with somebody and dive into those numbers because I don't want to steer you one way or the other on that. Um, but I I feel like the plan you guys are on, because again, annuities, I feel like are more if you're, I w- the, the only time I would even consider annuity for me, just from a mindset perspective is if I'm so fearful of the market, I don't know what's going to happen. And just knowing that there's predictable income that's going to be coming in and it just is okay. But you guys don't have any place to have that fear because you guys have done incredible. You make great money. You continue to invest. And so I I wouldn't mess with a Dale personally. Okay. But I would get a second I opinion because again, I, and unless George, you can speak into it, the, 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 the deep detail of all the taxes... Um, if there yeah, is an advantage is. there, I would get a second opinion and just making sure this guy isn't just selling you a product. Yeah. But well, you also have some Roth money as well, so you have to factor That's that right. in as far as you know. Yeah. you're not going to have RMDs there, and there's you're not going to be. Yeah, you can strategically start pulling from different buckets. You know, your Roth account, which is tax free, your 401k traditional, you'll pay taxes on that. Your outside of retirement money in a brokerage account, you can dip into that. And so there's a lot of ways to look at this, but. I just I want to be leery about telling you one way or another to jump into this, but it's it's always a red flag when annuities are brought up and it's being pitched by someone. It's at least something to pause and really get a second opinion on this. Because if you didn't do it, Dale, you guys are going to be in a great position. Just hear us say that. You're, you got no debt. Right. You'll have yeah. a million plus. And every seven years, if the market returns are around 10%, that money would double. And so at right. 60, you know, 63, 64, you got 2 million. At 70, you got 3 million. And so if, as long as you're not withdrawing a crazy amount on these retirement accounts, you guys should be more than fine. Okay. 
And well, again, this that's the first time I've ever heard this annuity spend taking money from 401k and putting it into annuity. That's what, yeah, that was a red flag to me as well. Yeah, it's good. And my, my final question is if I am going to have minimum distri- uh, required distribution issues later on, should I cut my 401k back to just maximize the company benefit? And no, I, I wouldn't minimize in investing because of future tax implication. I'm going to put as much as I can in those accounts and we'll deal with Uncle Sam later on and we can be strategic about that. Okay. Because there's certain things you can do where if you pull from the tax-free account, you're not paying taxes on that. And then you can pull a little bit from the tax advantage account. And so you can start to minimize and work with a tax pro on how to, you know, of course, legally do all of this to where you're not paying a whole bunch of taxes every single year. Gotcha. But man, so keep, keep working and don't worry about problems that might come up 30 years from now. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Dale, I'm so proud of you, man. What a beautiful picture. Well done. Of just what life looks like you're, on the baby steps. You're what everyone wants to be, Dale. Just <laughs> calm, cool, collected Dale. With a million bucks. No Cheers. payments, no mortgage payment. We're good. Maxing out every retirement account known to man. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. Making 143000 that is a that's a nice story, Rachel. Usually, well when people done. talk to us about these situations in retirement and they're in their late fifties, yeah. it's sad stories where yeah. they haven't done anything. It's hard. That's right. And that's so, right. it's a great reminder to start early. And early doesn't mean when you're twenty. If you're fifty, start today. That's the next best time to invest. And so, don't get yourself down and go. Well, I missed the boat. There's no point now of investing in a four hundred one k. And the other thing is, a lot of people are spooked by the market and the economy and I'm heading into retirement, Rachel. I don't want to invest. But we've seen long term the American economy is gonna be okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean we we went and looked and ran all the numbers even when you go back out from uh, when inflation was like really high in the eighties to events like September eleventh or the recession and um, you know, oh seven, oh eight. And so you you can even start to map all of that and you watch the growth still come back. Still come yeah, back. A year or two later, and we bounce still back. Down, yeah, there's still down times, but that, it, it's the long-term play, especially for everyone listening that's, you know, 50 and below. It's a long-term play. Long-term play. Do not pull your money out of the market. No. Please. I want you to retire with dignity, and that means playing the long game. Think long-term. That's the key to building wealth. This is The Ramsey Show.